This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. It's a two-hit wonder Tuesday with Asia. I want that too. That's tougher to do. Voice is hard, matter of fact. The Denver Nuggets will take on the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, the matchup that could have happened in the bubble, but they did not make it past the Lakers. This feels like, as we've talked about, uh, given the odds around uh, Vegas, I mean, almost comical how one-sided it it appears at this point. We have been trying to talk up the dangers of the Miami Heat, and there are there, because, you know, you you want to overlook them. Go check with the teams they just ran through. But they are well-coached. Eric Spolstra had been not only, I, I would argue, not only the best coach left in this in a while, but I actually think that uh, given the course of the career achievements, with all due respect to Steve Kerr, I would rank Spolstra a smidge ahead of him. And Spolstra, Kerr, and Greg Popovich, I talked about this before, the only three coaches in this league that are going to decide when they leave, not the, vice versa. The advantage for Kerr is that Kerr succeeded Mark Jackson and Spolstra succeeded Pat Riley. Pat Riley, who, of course, <laughs> is Spolstra's a bit of a boss. Here. And uh, and stays out of the way. Yep. I mean, you saw him last night, but he was very much on the outskirts, if you notice yep. the post-game celebrations. And has, and he has sat been. with Alonzo Mourning, who was the presenter last night of the, uh, the Eastern Conference Trophy uh, for a champion and also the MVP award. Both of which are named Bob after Cousy. Celtics. Celtics. That's, There's Larry Bird and Bob Cousy. Ouch. Which uh, Ernie Johnson had a great line. He says, the irony is that lost on me. Yeah. As fans were fleeing sprinting out of uh, yeah. the arena the, uh, the, the Cognizanti in uh, Boston were trying to make sure they weren't the last one out there. I think uh, Bill Simmons ended up losing that with the deer in the headlights look that uh, that almost looked like a Renaissance painting. But, you know, the Wahlbergs got out of there quickly and, uh, and off oh, they yeah. go. Yeah. So the uh, um, the the Heat are dangerous. And, and, and if you watch the game, you saw Tyler Hero cleared for basketball activities. He had been for about a week. Yes. It yeah. is still considered... When we talked about this last week, the Miami Herald, no, yeah. I still no. thought it was a long shot that Hero would play even in the finals. However, right. that's changed a bit. It, in it the is, last few days. yes. I, it, how many, as we know, uh, you're talking about last year with the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. Gabe Landeskog probably should not have come back. Gabe Landeskog realized that this was him at least two years. This was as close as you know. You might never get this close to a title, and he took the gamble. And Landeskog now will cost him two years of his career, and maybe more. And I bet you if you talk to Landeskog after hosting the Cup, he'd probably have made the he'd same decision. Uh, Tyler Hero will find a way to play in this series. If, if, he's, if he can do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. The hand is broken, the shooting hand, first and second metacarpals, which are those bones in the back of your hand when you rub your hand, your fingers across the back of your hand. Those bones that connect your finger to your wrist. First and second is your index finger and your middle finger. You can imagine on your shooting hand, might be hard to get some touch back. It, it might, and... I would regard, at this point, choosing between Duncan Robinson and Hero, if he's healthy enough to come back and play, as three-point threats. I would make Hero prove it to me more than I would Robinson. Robinson, even though he missed two wide-open threes at the end of game six the other night in Miami, and I couldn't believe he missed them both. Miss one, maybe. Miss them both. When he was that way, he's almost too wide open, and maybe he was thinking about it a little bit. But I would take his three point shooting as he has been playing regularly 
a little more seriously than heroes. If if and when hero does come back and play. I, th- I thought Sarah Robinson would was have to prove it quite to me. effective. Robinson wouldn't have to prove it to me. And the funny thing was Robinson, e- e- even in game six, he made three pointers who are a lot tougher than the two wide open ones he missed at the end, but there's pressure and there's fatigue at the end of a game that doesn't exist during the times earlier in the contest in which he was making uh, those threes. And one thing I know about the Nuggets and they have at least three guys I'd say this about. I trust them taking threes in the clutch. And even Michael Porter Jr., I would expect to take high percentage three-point shots. Even though he can make tough threes, I would expect him to show good judgment, and he has proven that he can make big threes. Jamal Murray has over and over again, certainly in the playoffs, proven that he can make big threes. And Nikola Jokic all of a sudden has uh, rediscovered the three ball yes. and shot it with uh, astounding accuracy in these playoffs. Yeah, he's he really never has. shot the three in the playoffs the way he shot it this nope. year. Nope. Uh, it, it seems as it's just when you think that he can't get better at something, he continues to get better at Hadn't something. the three, in your opinion, pretty much disappeared from his game? Not that he couldn't score a ton of points. It had for a bit, and, and we, we point, thought some of it was fatigue. disappeared. Yeah, we thought game. some of it was fatigue and um, because because it looked like fatigue and maybe a little bit of injury, he had some soreness, remember, uh, in that wrist. It, it looked like it took him a while to get it back. The, the nice thing is is what you, I think, started to learn a little bit more about Nikola Jokic, even folks locally, is that Nikola Jokic finishes games and then goes and works out. So, uh, no, he, is, he doesn't look... Uh, like LeBron James in body type, but he's an extraordinarily well-conditioned athlete. That's compare in him now outstanding. to the guy who came to the team yeah. in fifteen. Outstanding balance, outstanding body control, outstanding uh, rhythm in movement, and and that happens when you are familiar with your body. And so you can see as Jokic got his uh, wrist starting to feel better, yeah. got in touch with that again, and and this leads into the exact point: can. Tyler Hero do that in that compressed time frame? We don't know. But how much he can do in that arena will define what he can do for the Heat in this series. You know, because I, that's quite I'm, frankly I'm all he does. All, all he would have to do, assuming, let's say, he comes back for the Miami games. games just a, just a home. Okay. Yeah. And he doesn't play in Denver. I, I don't think he will. But it, let's just say, for the sake of conversation, he won't play. If he can help them win one game in this series, most likely at home, it was worth bringing him back. But they're going to have to find a way to win three other games. Now, could Jimmy Butler win one game? Could even Caleb Martin win one game? Possible. Possible. But all three of those things happening so that Butler could win a game, Hero could help win a game, uh, help the bench maybe win a game, and maybe Martin wins a game. All three of those things happening, I'm I'm not sure. I think the Heat will get a game in Miami, but that's all they'll get. I can't see them winning here. And if the Nuggets play with any kind of pace and put any kind of fatigue into Miami's game, I think Butler and Adebayo right now are feeling it. Martin hasn't played the minutes that those two have played, so he's not worn down. He's, he's fresher. Vincent and Struess are certainly fresh. 
Uh, Lowry's 37. Robinson's fresh uh, coming off the bench. Uh, Lowry, until last night, when he was plus 26 in 24 minutes, had been, in an extreme way, a minus player in the first six games of the series. Of course, last night when it mattered, plus 26 in 24 minutes is pretty good in a game your team wins by 19. That's that's good playing. Uh, Seven points, seven rebounds, five assists in 24 minutes. That's good playing. But he is 37, and if they – if he were 30, they play. he'd be starting, and they play him 30, 35 minutes a game. But he's not. He's 37. So 20 to 25 minutes is more the norm. Now, get Hero back. He becomes part of their rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can go eight men deep. I, I think this is an advantage for the Nuggets. If the Nuggets are looking to go seven deep and no deeper, that the Heat can't go as of right now. The Heat can't go any deeper than seven. It's in the last couple of games, Love hasn't played at all. So that and he was starting before. Right. Not getting a lot of minutes, but starting, right? And Martin was getting starters minutes, but he was coming off the bench. Love's not playing at this point. Is he gonna play at all tomorrow? Is he not playing because they found more effective combination and he wasn't playing that much anyway? Or is he hurt too? And and can't go. He so is, they, he they, has they're only going looked one through seven. Good, and I agree. I, I I think they're going one through seven right now. And and if you're the Heat, look, you you have a legitimate groan here because Victor Oladipo would have been a very valuable player in this series. I I think so. In, in some ways, some ways more valuable than Hero. Oh, I think so. Uh, of the guys who are hurt, I think I, I think, think against this Nuggets most. team. They need Oladipo more than they need Hero. Now, they won't get Oladipo. Oladipo season is finished. No, he, he, gets, he, he tore a tent. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not being able to return. Right. Now, could he be a future nugget? Would he be useful coming off the bench if they don't or can't sign Bruce Brown? And that's that's a subject. It is, for uh, but that's, yeah, we'll see, obviously. The, the nice thing about that, though, you bring it up with the Nuggets, is right now when you're looking at their, their contract situation, about where they stand, you know, and, and let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, I get it, they're favored, but uh, you've heard now, of course, it's funny. Uh, over the weekend, I started, you know, seeing more national people saying, what is this? Is this the NBA's new dynasty? And, of course, you know, you can only go, apparently, in, in the uh, NBA media world, either team has to be terrible or they're the greatest team in the league, and there's no in-between. I mean, it's got to be well, a dynasty. L- look, look look at the Boston Celtics. How about the first appearance in finals history? Let's see if they win it first right. and then maybe talk right. about dynasty. Well, Goodness yeah, gracious. Uh, Ridiculous. Uh, listen, uh, I guess Golden State's won four, uh, with the first one coming in 2015. So that's four out of nine years. Uh, that's as close to a dynasty, I think, in this day and age as you're likely to get. Kind of what the Spurs did, maybe over a slightly longer period of time. Making six NBA finals in 15 years is pretty good. Yeah, They're two and three in those NBA final series uh, over that period of time. Listen. You want to talk dynasty, it was the Russell Celtics who won 11 times in 13 yep. years with Russell. And, but I, and they I, were in 10 game sevens in that 13-year stretch, risk, and they went 10 and 0. Risk of making you upset, because I know that, that I will say this. I look at things very differently in pre-free agency and post-free agency. Those are entirely different leagues. 
And uh, that Celtics run, take nothing away from it, the best dynasty of the pre-free agency era. But it is very difficult to compare that to the post-free agency sure. era. Oh, yeah. When yeah. players can you leave. Had, go, yeah, you had players. It's night and, and day. It wasn't just the Celtics, though. It was every team oh, in yeah. the league kind of had the players by the short hairs. Remember when the players, uh, led by Tommy Heinsohn and I think Oscar Robertson in 1964, threatened to boycott the All-Star game? And they stuck to their guns and they managed to get a few concessions from the owners. But the owners would, I mean, this was going to be an ABC nationally televised game, a real showcase for the NBA. And yet the owners weren't making that much money from TV. And I said, go ahead, don't play in a lot of cases. Now, they ended up working things out. And, you know, Oscar and Heinsohn, these these are very, very bright people, more intelligent than the owners they were going up against and the game was in Boston and Red Auerbach was the king of the NBA at the time. And I don't think Red Auerbach was going to allow the all-star game to be boycotted, but the dynamic between players and management has changed radically. And obviously you have movement now. Red Auerbach would, would get rid of guys once their usefulness to him had ended. And there was nothing wrong with that, but that happened of course, a lot more than the players demanding to be traded and who in his right mind would have wanted to have been traded from the Celtics who were winning titles virtually every year uh, during that period. Right. But, but the thing you have to, uh, Russell's opponents during those games. Oh, they were great. I'm not knocking it down. I'm just saying the league, seven, I'm just saying the league's different. I, I know, but for game seven purposes, and I'm going to say it'll never be like that again. Uh, it, I mean, there may be, Greater winners than Russell, I can't imagine how that would happen. It wasn't LeBron or Michael but, Jordan. I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, but, I, I I don't know. Or cream. Um, but let let's remember that Russell was going against uh, the likes of Bob Pettit, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of these at Game Sevens, and uh, oh yeah, Oscar Robertson was in there. Uh, yeah. Two and so smaller uh, top heavy know, league not, for sure. Not, it, it was a top heavy league, but the, again, they they were beating the best there was at that time, and the concentration of great players on particular teams. Um, I know they talk about the building of super teams now, but every collective bargaining agreement in this day and age, every time they do a collective bargaining agreement, makes it harder and harder to assemble. Good, because Super that actually teams, builds parity. Good. That. I understand that. And there was not parity in the NBA no. uh, during that time. By any, I, I mean, I, I look across seven years with the New York Knicks, for example, not making the playoffs when uh, it, it, there were 14 divisions, two 14 divisions, and three out of the four teams made the playoffs. And uh, Marv Albert said it once that the, it, during the late 50s and through – basically the mid-1960s, they played the regular season for the purpose of eliminating the Knicks. Right. Who would automatically finish and last. And this is and why... they go through the motions, and then Russell and the Celtics would dominate the The, the league players. still has, and that's one of the things with the NBA that's always fascinating, because the league still has this, this mindset, right? Uh, Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, Celtics is where the magic happens. Major League Baseball is the same stupid problem with Yankees, Dodgers. I get it. Pre-free agency, fabulously wealthy owners in fabulously wealthy cities can, could, in those early days, build super teams. Before we called them super teams, they could build super teams and did. Okay. That's why there's still this challenge that uh, you're seeing out all over the country right now. They're like, oh, Nuggets Heat is a big downer. Why? Because you want to hear Lakers and Celtics? Because that's just what you've been raised to go, ah, it's Lakers-Celtics. It's important. 
Because it's Lakers Celtics. Why? And I think it's one of the most shallow things that the the reason that the NFL blew past baseball as America's most popular sport. And, and of course, uh, basketball is great and growing globally in a way the NFL is chasing. But the reason the NFL is the biggest sport in America is the accessibility to games, first and foremost. And second, the fact that in the when the league started to develop, whether it was free agency, whether it was salary caps, whether it was whatever, the league started, you can actually watch, go out and watch the ratings. The NFL made it very clear to every single one of their fan bases, every single one of your teams matters, every single one of your teams can win a title. It depends on how you draft, who you sign, and how effective and efficient you are at carrying out your plan. All of it. And if our Super Bowl is Green Bay, Wisconsin versus Jacksonville, Florida, our ratings will be exactly the same as if it's the Rams and the Patriots. Because we've built our league to support every one of its teams. The NBA has never done it. They are starting to do it now. And I'm glad to see it's paying off. Because before then, the Nuggets never had a chance. I think Pete Rozelle was the greatest commissioner in the history of major professional sports. And we always used to call him Parody Pete. And I joined the line and i i didn't know what pete smart, rosell maybe the smartest but, executive in the history of sports but i did uh during the game uh, the famous drive game in cleveland in january of 1987 talk to pete rosell as the game was going on it wasn't broadcast until halftime but i did 10 minutes with him and you know the the parody pete thing gotta let it you know fans want to watch great teams they want to watch dynasties do they i'm not sure no team has ever won three straight to be fresh blood no team at two in a row yes even the steelers won four times in six years they never won three in a row that they they did the dallas cowboys early 90s uh one two straight never three i mean the 49ers at all kinds of teams the 49ers, I think, came the closest, closest. in 1990. Mm-hmm. They had the best team, and uh, Bill Parcells outcoached George Seifert in the NFC Championship game, and the Giants won 13-12. to 12. I started Otherwise, to- they'd have won three in a row, and that's the best team I've seen in the Super Bowl era, uh, with apologies to the Steelers uh, of the 70s. Uh, that, was, that was the best team, although Bill Walsh has always said the Steelers are the best team in the Super Bowl era, but none of those teams won three straight. And we have seen it in the other sports, Mm -hmm. not often, not nearly as often nowadays uh, for sure, but that's the key to football, that no one has more than a fleeting opportunity to dominate. Witness what happened to the Broncos in 1999 after two fairly dominant years and two straight Super Bowls. They didn't have John Elway, though, in 1999, did they? And And as it turned out, for most of the season, they didn't have Terrell Davis, and for part of the season, they didn't have Shannon Sharp. And all of a sudden, in 1999, they went from Super Bowl champs to last place. And then the end result, what the NFL is essentially saying, is if you're an NFL fan, we care about you. You matter, no matter what your team is. Well... The NBA doesn't yet. It's well, getting there. With with the uh, deals they're making with TV and these uh, uh, opt-outs for Thursday night football. That's the next logical step, though, uh, because they know that it's NFL not, They don't and care about the ticking buy, ticket buying public nearly as no, much. But don't. I agree. The fans in general, more spectators watching TV than attending games in person. But, yes, they have created the model. 
the model. The NBA is trying to chase it down. The Nuggets and the Heat are in the finals. Want to know your opinions on it? 303-831-1340 is the call and the text line. We'll get more about this matchup and actually why it's throwing the NBA for loop next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Sorry, but you don't get to rewrite the band Darius Rucker and the Blowfish. You're, you're Hootie. You're going to have to live with it. That's the way it goes. It's like, you know, if you're Leonard Nimoy and you were Mr. Spock or you're Christopher Reeve and you're Superman, you're stuck with it, but it made you a lot of money. And so, you know, just kind of just, just roll with it, man. Just roll with it. Said switch over to country, but good for him. Anyway, so. the Denver Nuggets, he, Cindy and I are talking during the break on how Miami wins five or four games in this series. And I'm trying to figure out, uh, barring a, you know, a, a, an unspeakable injury of which we will no further discuss. Uh, it just seems like it's hard to do because this is the, the Nuggets series to win. And there is a comfort level here for every sort of, of concern you have with the heat. Uh, the Nuggets have two counters. You broke it down with, with uh, defense, with the ability to bring out different guys. The heat are so small. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an overlooked factor when people are putting together an analysis for this series, they're missing out on the huge physical advantage that the Nuggets There are often narratives with the Nuggets that, because of Aaron Gordon's size, playing the four, that the Nuggets might not have a size advantage. But that's but that's not even an issue here. Aaron that's Gordon's going to be one of the biggest guys on the floor well, against he's, the Heat. Six eight two fifty. Right. And I, I don't he's care what six, anybody he's a six says. Out of bio, power out of bio is not two hundred fifty. Yeah, and he's six nine, two fifty, and he's a center. Right. Uh, this team just doesn't have size. Uh, Aaron Gordon's the same size as right. Kevin Love. Now, do they have Michael Porter Jr. still six ten out there? Do folks. they have more mid sized players who are dangerous than most teams do? Yes, they do. But the one thing they lack is size, and they at least at the end of the series. Stop playing Zeller off the bench. And unfortunately, up you're facing a team that's best player six foot eleven, two eighty five. Uh oh, I mean that's yeah. a problem. It, it, it wouldn't <laughs> matter. He, he'd he'd be just as dangerous if he were six nine and two fifty five. I mean, it'd be just, but he's just not. As and Jokic has gotten good but, at using his body right. weight now. He's got he, outstanding. He applies at it. it well. Uh, he used to be vulnerable to picking up fouls, silly fouls. He doesn't do that anymore. There's so many things now that were weaknesses in Jokic's game four or five years ago, especially, that we take for granted now as strengths. The only area that is not a strength, although I think he is a more effective shot blocker than he was, but that's the only area, shot blocking, in which 
he has not grown by leaps and bounds. He's a better straight-up defensive player. He's able to help without fouling. It used to be in the past that he'd be late and he would foul. And the foul trouble, uh, you know, he'd pick up an occasional offensive foul too, but the fouls he'd pick up on defense were reach-in fouls. They were uh, arriving late and being out of position sorts of fouls. He doesn't foul that way anymore. In fact, well, he's, he's really... almost never in foul trouble. One time in the, these playoffs, he had four fouls in the third quarter, and that was game three in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they won the game comfortably by 11. It was the most one-sided win they Jokic's had Jokic's improved conditioning has given him that extra quarter-second, half-second. And his sense for the game is is remarkable. I almost think uh, the Lord of the Rings movies where the Gandalf the Wizards, the Wizards never, uh, never late nor is he early he arrives precisely when he means to that that's Jokic he's where he wants to be when he wants to be right now and it's it's a fascinating spot and the idea about rest we brought it up early and you had some numbers earlier I'll give you some other ones as well with the ESPN's uh, stats and information put that together teams with a rest edge yeah of five or more days for game one of the finals are eight and one yeah, the overall that. winning percentage for game one hosts is is immense anyway, 58 and 18. Yeah. But the only team that has ever lost with a five-day rest advantage was the Jazz when they played against the Chicago Bulls in 98. That's <laughs> and it. And happened to have home court, remember? Right. Uh, they won in 98. The Utah Jazz won more regular season games than the Bulls. The Bulls almost always had home court, certainly in the NBA Finals, and, right? But that year, they didn't have it, and... Yet they won game one, and they won game six on a jumper that was a push-off. But anyway. Maybe a push-off, but it was Michael Jordan. And honestly, um, if you're a defender in that situation against most any player of that magnitude, uh, you can't expect to get that call, even if you're the home and you, know, and you know what? The nice thing is the league has gotten better about that because there were, even in this game, uh, last night, game seven, offensive fouls on the, the home team Celtics. There were offensive fouls. The league has gotten a lot better at that, and I think the NBA does deserve credit for that. They have called more offensive fouls. They have, for the most part, uh, evened that out a little bit. You can actually go play defense, and that's, that's refreshing and you, as well. Did you read about the two-minute review uh, of game six? The only mistakes were made against the team that won the game. Right. And I was listening so, okay. I was listening to some of the game on satellite radio with the Miami announcers for game six. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that the Heat were getting virtually assaulted by <laughs> the Celtics. I watched more of the game than I listened to. And what they were describing was right out of the uh, Johnny Most school of fantasy play-by-play. And Johnny Most, the longtime voice right. of the Celtics, who cast the Celtics as the knights in shining armor and the opposition, uh, even players like Julius Irving, were bullies and reprobates, irredeemable at every turn. I think the only opposing player Johnny Most ever had anything nice to say about Jerry West because Jerry West didn't argue. 
with officials. And most superstars, including Oscar Robertson, argued all the time with officials, and Johnny Most would dismiss them. Of course, the Celtics and Johnny Most mind never committed a foul. But but that that was the announcing the other night. Boy, and in fact, the, the two minute the two minute the two minute review had two mistakes, both on calls that went against Boston, not in yeah. Boston's favor. So uh, if anybody got the friendly whistle, it was Miami. And last night, Miami was so vastly superior uh, that it didn't make any difference how the game was yeah, officiated. I think when you you that kind of loss, um, I think that the the Celtics had any sort of narrative, and and it was look, it was going to be good for the Nuggets anyway. If the Nuggets would have gotten the Celtics oh, yeah. and beaten the Celtics, then you would have knocked fun. off uh, a super team in the Suns, uh, league you know sort of royalty in the in the Lakers, and then of mm-hmm. course the, uh, the 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 Celtics maybe revered among every uh, more yeah every from NBA the 17 franchise. championships but remember i was talking to you earlier but the, the about heat, I think, all so the game sevens thoroughly they embarrassed boston that it was clear they didn't belong there clear. have been going back to post russell 1973 there have been 10 occasions out of 27 games game 7 that the Celtics have lost. Now, 17 and 10 is still very good in game sevens, but yeah. it ain't 10 and 0. Okay. okay. It ain't 10 and 0. And in 73, 82, 05, 09, 2018, and 2023, they lost seventh games at home, which used to be considered, oh, that'll never happen. This the Boston Celtics, I don't care if it's Russell, no this Russell. Celtics team lost if three it's games Collins, Havlicek, if it's Bird. Larry Bird, even Larry Bird lost a game seven once. These guys in lost 1982. three. Three in the series, they lost three home games, Boston. Right, <laughs> right. So, Come on. So it, it, in terms of this word that we were talking about earlier, the P word, parody, even the Boston Celtics good. in the last 50-plus years, 51 years to be precise, have lost 10 game sevens. Doc Rivers can't get a coaching job mainly because he's lost 10 game sevens. But the Boston Celtics thought to be, as of 1973, unbeatable in game sevens, especially at home, have proven to be quite vulnerable. A good portion of those losses, more than half have come in Boston. Joe Mazzullo, by the way, expected to now be back. Uh, Well, good. Good. That's good. I mean, I'm you're, you're sure going to fire him because he couldn't bring them back from 03. Now he had made some mistakes and he was responsible for getting them there. But you're going to then, then you should have fired the 150 other coaches who couldn't come back from 03 too. Well, and I'm pretty sure he didn't. The game plan wasn't just jack up threes all day, no matter if you're open or not or in rhythm. So I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. But Joe Mazzula's got to be getting sick and tired of seeing Jimmy Butler because his last game as a collegiate player at West Virginia, he ended up running into the Marquette Golden Eagles who knocked him out. Best player on that team? One Jimmy Butler. That's right. <laughs> Probably getting sick and tired of and seeing that even guy. Though he was the, you know, you look at Marquette now, that next year they're going to be preseason top five, top ten team. Right. That's what happens when you get Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler and start bringing. We all, yeah. uh, of a, those of us of a certain age, remember the Al McGuire Marquette teams in the 1970s that were winning any 
NIT titles when the NIT meant something. And finally, in 1977, in Al McGuire's last game as a coach, won an NCAA basketball championship. But even though he's the best player on a Marquette team that was pretty good, Jimmy Butler was a late first-round draft pick. He was not a top-10 pick. He was not a top-20 pick. He was a late first-round draft pick. The only top-15 pick in the draft that they'd have is Adebayo, and Mm -hmm. he played at Kentucky, so it figures, right? Yeah. (laughs) That he would go early in the first round. And uh, Caleb Martin yesterday, of course, set the record for the most points by an undrafted player in a Game 7 uh, he of did a that. conference he final. He did that, and he could have scored more uh, had he needed to. And if you had seen that coming, you could have done pretty well. But maybe you'll get ahead of it in the finals because you can bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use the promo code MILEHIGH. That's easy to remember. To score up to $250 with their first bet bonus, win or lose. They'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code, you know what it is already, MILEHIGH, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Sandy, here's the nervous part for, I think, a lot of fans. The Nuggets over at Superbook. Now minus 425 to win the series. It might be minus That's 500 by like game time on Thursday. Tyson, Jerry, Cooney nonsense. Are, are we missing it, yes. something? Is it feeling like it's too, too much tilted? We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. The Denver Nuggets are prohibitive favorites to win the NBA Finals over the Miami Heat. It's uh, it's almost comical. The numbers that we talked about it over at, at our friends at Superbook now minus four twenty to win the NBA Finals, which is, I mean, it, it's hard to actually sort of explain how incredibly one-sided that is. For example, the Stanley Cup finals between the number one seeded Vegas Golden Knights out of the West and the number eight seeded Florida Panthers. Vegas is a minus 135 to win the series. The, 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 the rate for the Nuggets at minus 420 is almost unconscionable when you end up thinking about how heavy that is. Uh, anytime you look at anything, I mean, for example, but you're looking at a, a Diamondbacks today on the road, or pardon me, the Colorado Rockies are on the road against the Diamondbacks today. Colorado Rockies, in case you have not been informed, are not good at baseball, despite the fact that Ryan McMahon Especially when they're playing homered in a few good games, so congratulations there, getting the power stroke back for yeah, Ryan he, he's he's become their best offensive player. But, the Diamondbacks tonight's game are minus 270 to win that game. Right. That is by far. <laughs> by far. With the exception of the L.A. Dodgers, who are a minus 330 to beat a Washington Nationals team that has stripped their club down to the Bulls. Right, and it's in last place. One of the few teams in Major League Baseball with a record worse than the Rockies. The Dodgers are a minus 330 to win this game. Right. They're just the game tonight against right. Right. Washington, against yeah. the Nationals. 
Right. The Nuggets are minus four twenty to win the series, <laughs> just to and win the title win at any at any in any capacity. I, I mean, it's almost and it is going up seemingly by the by hour. the hour. It's it's almost ludicrous, which means all the money's coming in on Denver, right? So they, for, they, yeah, they keep uh, yeah. jacking it up, and, uh, and and there's some reasons for that. So you have to bet the to win one hundred dollars. You have to bet four twenty right now. Yeah, to win a hundred, <laughs> you better be sure. I mean, we like it. We think they're going to yeah. win the series in five. But, right. But it's like a game, 20% return. It's not that yeah. bad. I mean, yeah, assuming, yeah, as long as they get no. done, right? Yeah. It's better than a CD. Definitely better than stock market is going to be right now. But anyway, the game seven, I think, was revealing. It was it revealed Boston, but I think it also revealed two very major things. The, the You've made the argument that right now, Caleb Martin, if he's not the Heat's best player, he's their second best player. But for the majority of the year and for the majority of the playoffs, the best player has been Jimmy Butler. The second best player has been Bam Adebayo. Yeah, sure. Both of those players. And they're they're probably the two best players on the team. They've just got heavy legs at this point. In game six and game seven, and I agree, they look tired. They look tired. It is Tuesday. They have to fly to Denver and play a game in 48 hours. And they both played 43 minutes last night. Uh, Caleb Martin... Played 45, yes, but he hasn't been playing those kinds of minutes throughout the playoffs the way the other two The, the Nuggets are going to face a comparatively tired Miami Heat team as well. Now, the schedule, because of the way the NBA does it and it's, you know, bizarre taking forever sort of way, <laughs> um, is is going to... Well, it get, know, gives the Heat a it, little bit of a respite them, It'll give them catch-up times. Yeah. But but not for game one. The Nuggets will no, be no. as rested as you can be. No. Uh, game one, of course, is Thursday. Game two is on Sunday. Both of those in Denver. Yeah. Uh, 6.30 tip on Thursday. 6 p.m. tip on Sunday. Then the, the uh, series shifts to Miami for game two. And, or pardon me, game three and game four. That will be Wednesday, next Wednesday, and next Friday. So there, there's a one-day one gap. That's yeah, the only one. they don't travel. Right. Game five. Well, they don't travel between Thursday and Sunday. Game one and game two in Denver. Well, that's, they, right. They, that, that's right. There's a two-day gap. That's right. So No, but, but I'm saying every other lots day. Lots of gaps. Uh, as it was with the Lakers, and the Nuggets have gotten accustomed to this. Mm-hmm. One of the points Michael Malone made. They've gotten accustomed to this, and all of a sudden they have you know, 10 days off or nine or whatever it is exactly. So it, it, there is some period of acclimation, I, I suppose, uh, but it, I, I think it helps the Heat more to have the extra rest. Now, does it help them enough to win game instead one? of one game uh, in the series, win a second game, maybe one in Denver? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I wouldn't think it would, would help them. Uh, the Nuggets haven't yet lost at home. The Heat have lost multiple games now at home uh, on the way from uh, – Going from 3-0 ahead to uh, tied at three games apiece, uh, they lost game four and game six at home. Um, game five wasn't particularly competitive, but game seven, they won in a blowout. Um, I sense some fatigue the last couple of games from those two players in particular who have had a heavy burden both offensively and defensively. And I would say Butler has had a heavier offensive burden. They both had heavy defensive burdens, and they played big minutes. Boston was going with an aging now Horford, but a very youthful and exuberant player in Robert Williams the third. Uh, as good a tandem 
as that was, in some ways, I thought Williams should have played more and Horford played less. But it, Horford's a three-point threat, and the Celtics are all about threes, and Williams is not a three-point threat. So if you're not a three-point threat, even if you do everything else better than the guy who's playing ahead of you, it doesn't matter. Horford's going to play because Hor- Horford can shoot the three ball. Um, I, I think that will be an issue in this series uh, for the Heat. I think it helps to have an extra day uh, between games one and two. I think it helps when they're traveling back to Miami again to have an extra day between game two and game three. And they're not going anywhere between games three and four. They're not dealing with altitude in games three and four. That's where I think they might steal one. Game three or game four. And bring it back to Denver and for the Nuggets to have a chance to clinch a world championship yeah, on their, home, on their home floor would, would be is, uh, an appropriate way to cap off a magnificent year. As it stands, that's actually what both of us are predicting. As a matter of fact, the Nuggets in five as it uh, as it stands today. Of a course. gentleman's sweep, yeah. as it were. I was actually looking at, uh, at tickets. There are actually some tickets available for games that are not for resale. You can get standard admission, but then I realized I worked in radio, and then I quickly cut the uh, yeah. shut the window. So that wasn't going to happen, but any, but they're still out there in case uh, you are uh, fabulously wealthy and have money to burn. So that's cool. And the one, the one thing. I think Danny I, Bailey yeah, has like a whole row. I, I don't particularly care about this issue, but for those going to the game who are nugget partisans and would have hated the idea of, uh, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 Boston Oh, partisans would have been more than being that. in the crowd, probably a little more. It would have been more than a lot that. of green. I mean, the green would have been visible, right? Yeah. It would have been a lot of Larry Bird jerseys. Yeah, it would have been right? really <laughs> annoying. Uh, that that would have been the case, and I doubt you'll see anything close to that number when it comes to Miami Heat fans who don't tend to travel or live in places like Denver. Right, right. right. Living in and Miami's one of those look. Growing up in Miami's Miami, great success, but there are fan, certain probably not cities in which their in fan base is uh, not super intense. Miami's one of those. Um, yep. The Dolphins well, are like that, that. That's, the Heat are that's, like that. That's the, kind of Miami's a sports city, though. Yeah, when when they're hot, they're they're interesting. Atlanta's kind of like that. Atlanta's a great college town, very mediocre yes. pro sports. And Miami's city. good. And my, town. Right, uh, but it's pro sports. pro sports just kind of and, a, and a great high school town for sports yeah. Too. yeah. So you know you won't run into that. I think that will be really cool, and uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun. I mean, this is going to a great time to be able to to cover the Denver Nuggets, and um, yeah, it, it feels deserved, and it feels that they're. Uh, it yeah. is kind of funny that you can be underdogs for your previous two series, and then get to the finals and be ridiculously yeah. heavy favorites. Although, although it, the underdog thing is interesting because oh, it's usually it accompanied by a tilt in uh, national, local, pre-series forecasts. It's usually evident. And in neither of these cases did I find too many people picking the Suns or picking the Lakers even though the odds makers because the public well, people was, go with was the big names. buying into big the names. names and the team brands that they recognize more readily and they've been fed on certain outlets the nonsense that 
Jokic is at best overrated and at worst a complete myth. Right. Uh, <laughs> some invention of yokel, uh, yokels out in the Mile High, local yokels out in the Mile High City uh, that, that worship him, but he's not really all of that. Yes, they they were slight underdogs, but remember, I mean, before the playoffs began, Phoenix was thought to be, even with Durant having missed all that time with the ankle injury, Phoenix was considered the favorite, and not just yeah. in the West, right, to win the whole thing, to win yeah. the whole thing, yeah. But and uh, only Boston was uh, was behind them, right? So right, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it obviously is going to be a fascinating week, couple weeks. Uh, the Pressure will rash it up with every single win. Michael Malone had it right yeah, when he said today, uh, this is the hardest thing we'll do in our lives. And uh, look, every round gets tougher. Uh, professional sport. Professional I, I think you have to look at it. You have to look. You have, to, you have to expect that. Yeah. You must expect yeah. that. And that this is getting, the hardest part. You are getting a seasoned team. and That's extremely I, I, well coached that, and run. That, that's well coached and has surprised people on an ongoing basis for really the better part of the last four years. They've been an overachieving team. Uh, I don't think there is a team in the league over the last four years that has come closer to realizing its potential than the Miami Heat from year to year to year to year. Looking forward to going over all of this with you this week. Uh, We're going to have a a, a lot of guests, a lot of really good guests, uh, Coach George Carl will join us. Romy Bean will join us. Vinny Benedetto will join us. Uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by Ryan Blackburn of Mile High Sports and Nino Samuel for the NBA 2K video game community. The czar, the gameplay designer for NBA 2K, joining us explaining exactly how uh, Nikola Jokic breaks the system. Kind of said he's like... Uh, he breaks a lot of systems. Yeah, does well, certainly there. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Thanks to Danny Bailey in the booth making us sound good. Andrew Demmer making us look good as well on the video side of it. Thanks to all of you listening over the air and on MileySports.com. And, of course, the free Miley Sports app, easy and convenient, right in your pocket. We'll be back tomorrow with more. An afternoon drive with Anil Apio and Cody Rourke is next. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Keep it right here on Miley Sports. Oh.